homily for the 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time. St. Mary's Church, Grand Forks, August 16th, 2020. As a dairy farm family, we didn't travel much. Whatever day trips we took were always short enough to get back home in time for chores. For my parents, leaving the milking to someone else was out of the question. They would have been so worried about what could be going wrong while we were gone that they never could have let their guard down and enjoyed themselves. My dad's brother and his family, on the other hand, traveled a lot. These cousins of mine were going to all sorts of far-flung places in the summers. One year when they spent a couple of weeks in Colorado, I thought to myself, the Rockies seem no closer to me than the Himalayas. Recently, a cousin of mine told me, what you don't know is that while we were taking those vacations, the one thing I wanted to do most is come to your farm, drive the three-wheeler, and hunt gophers. Well, if I happened to feel sheltered, how must so many of the men of earlier generations felt when they were drafted into the military and headed off to World War II or Korea? My parents had a neighbor, Mr. Unser, who was a part of the greatest generation. Growing up, Mr. Unser had never been more than 15 miles away from home. Then suddenly, he first went across the country to basic training and then was on a large ship sailing away from the California coast, which quickly disappeared from view. Mr. Unser says that he was one of the lucky ones because God had blessed him with an iron stomach. For some of his buddies, all it took was seeing a battleship in the harbor to start vomiting from seasickness. A good number of us have personally experienced what it feels like to be in a foreign land. But today we learn that in the eyes of God, no place is foreign territory. And none of his children are beyond the reach of his mercy. Jesus led his apostles to the territory of Tyre and Sidon in today's gospel, a region as far away from their hometowns as they had ever been during his public ministry. Perhaps the apostles were a little unsettled. So often, they were surrounded by their own kin and their own kind. In any event, their behavior when, surround, when approached by this Canaanite woman was not very impressive. Send her away. She's bothering us. It's embarrassing to hear them sound more like children than adults. And honestly, Jesus' conduct at the start was not much better. It's hard for us to get our minds around Jesus acting so harsh and aloof in this passage. But this serves to highlight the woman's tenacity and virtue even more. It's unfortunate that we never learn this woman's name because she is one of the most remarkable figures in all of Scripture. She had a mother's love, ready to follow any lead that might bring healing to her daughter. I've heard the saying that parents are only as happy as their unhappiest kid. When a child suffers, the bond between parent and child is so strong that the parent cannot help but share in that suffering, and that were it possible, a mom would be willing to take on the pain herself in order to bring comfort to her child. 
who among us would not have the same level of concern for our own flesh and blood, and wouldn't desire to move heaven and earth to make them well again? In the midst of the current pandemic, I think we can relate to this scenario all the more. Jesus stopped to enter into a brief dialogue with her. Jesus was convinced that his father had sent him to preach to the children of Israel. But did that require him to ignore a Gentile's pleas for help? Would it be right for him to cruelly respond to a mother's pain? Certainly not. But what Jesus decided to do was to engage in a sort of game. This was a tongue-in-cheek conversation in which the Lord tested this woman by parading in front of her the crude stereotypes that weighed her down. So what if ignorant fools regarded her as less than human, without knowing a single thing about her individually? Their stupidity ought not to stand in the way of her relationship with God, who had given so many good gifts to her. Many times in the Gospels, Jesus will say something that so amazes his listeners or puts them in their place that they have no comeback. But in this instance, with cleverness and skill, it was not he who had the last word. It's as if she told Jesus, You and I both know that you don't buy that absurdity for a minute. Let's cast the world's pettiness aside and stick to what is most important. If the dog eats the leftovers, the scraps falling from the table, that animal is still nourished. We see this woman's persistence and quick wit, but what is most remarkable is her faith. The title she uses for Jesus, Son of David, was uncharacteristic for a person of her non-Jewish background. However, she saw the wonders God had done for his chosen people, the lost sheep of Israel, and she accepted Jesus as the Messiah who will fulfill their long-standing hopes. She hoped for great things from God and expected to God to prove his compassion. Her faith bridged whatever gap may have existed between her and God's family. We speak about the four marks of the church and recite them every time we pray the creed. Would you be able to list them off the top of your head? You should, because you'll find they are very familiar. The church's four marks are one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. Let's look at the use of the word Catholic with a small c. That adjective means universal or available to all. Listen to St. Peter's words from Acts of the Apostles. I now understand that God shows no partiality, but that anybody of any nationality who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. The Church of Christ is Catholic precisely because her boundaries have nothing to do with race or geography. The Church's boundaries, so to speak, reside in doctrine and morality. Think about the many missionaries who have spread out to the whole world in the past several centuries. They did not cross any part of any continent off their list and proclaim it a lost cause. Rather, they went everywhere they could go, everywhere they could find a welcome, in order to share the treasure of the gospel. 
Some places have received the faith more warmly than others. But we do not give up on anyone as though they are defective or unable to comprehend the love of Christ. What God has done for us, God has done for all. Whatever nation is foreign to us is not foreign to the one who created them. Amen.